What's going on, everybody? My name is Dallas, and this is the place where we talk about food in and around Victoria, British Columbia. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about ice cream. And I'm with Dan in the, uh, I don't know, what would you call this place? The ice cream studio? The headquarters? Yeah. 49 below. Um, if you haven't had the ice cream, it's, it's, it's craziness. That's the best way I can describe it, because some of the flavors you have are unlike anything else. Like the one that stands out to me is the Cinnamon Toast Crunch sort of one. I forget what you call it, though. Cinnamon Crunch. Cinnamon Crunch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we try to have a, a wide variety of pretty classic flavors and pretty out there flavors. Yeah. We try to have something for everybody. Like the Honeycomb one as well. I, uh, Honeycomb's I, uh, now a classic, but it's, yeah, it's one of our favorites. Is it not a, not a thing anymore? No, we still make it. Okay. Um, yeah. My wife's favorite flavor is Honeycomb with chocolate chip cookie dough bits. Oh. So that's a flavor that's going to be coming out for our subscribers that's soon. upcoming it's one of them yeah that's awesome so how did you get into making ice cream that's a, that's a good story yeah let's just start with that yeah so i was i was working for the bc government i was about 10 years in um my wife and i we had our first child uh we went to europe where i'm originally from spent some time in austria and then went to italy and having lots of gelato and we were talking about you know where where we want to go with life and i was pretty pretty frustrated with my government job and we we thought you know we're in italy we're like ice cream i've made ice cream before maybe let's try this when she went back to work i took some time off uh from my job started tinkering around with ice cream while taking care of my son and this this little passion became into a little passion project which just kind of grew and grew and grew so so it literally started on that trip it's the idea of it started on that trip yeah and so who brought it up first was it you or is it her well i think my my wife is very business <laughs> Uh, she's got a, an MBA and like very always looking for opportunities. And she's like, you know, you're, you're, you're not happy with what you're doing. You like to cook, you like making desserts. Why not try something else? And we're in a position where, you know, she was going back to work. I could take some time off to spend some time with my son. He was still very like really young at that time. I had lots of, you know, while he was napping, I could tinker around a bit and that's how it all, how it all started. So just messing around with it and just like, so when you first did it, did you try anything crazy with recipes or were you just trying like just straight, normal, basic yeah. stuff? Yeah. So I was, I was, we we're starting very basic, your basic creme anglaise, uh, base. Uh, so most like 99% of our ice cream is custard based. So it's, um, dairy with eggs, sugar. Um, and that's kind of, that is the foundation for everything else. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what we were, I was playing around with at first, trying to get that nailed down. And once you have that, then you can add in coffee or you can add in cinnamon and you can add in all these other things. So how common is that custard base? Well, it's most people kind of start with that. There's different varieties of, of ice cream um, bases, uh, but that's, that's one of the common ones. But people, some people use three eggs, some people use five eggs, some people use one and a half cups, some people use two cups of cream. It's, it's dependent on what you like um, and you go from there. And so how long did it take for you to sort of get that process down where you got that base and you're like, this is something I can work with? This is nailed. Yeah. Uh, it took several tries. Ice cream is a fine balance. Like you need to have enough sugar. You need to have enough fat. You need to have enough air when you, when you churn it. And if one of those things is off, you could turn into having like super icy, super hard ice cream. So you need to have a balance of all these things to make sure you've got smooth, creamy ice cream. And so how long do you think that took though? Like this time wise over uh, the course of like how long? It probably took a month. Okay. Yeah. 
And then you, so you, and then that's when you were happy. You're like, okay, now I can start trying to experiment with this. Yeah. So we, I, the problem with back then was we were using, I was using these little Cuisinart machines where you have a bowl that you throw in the freezer and then you take it out and you churn, and then you have to wait 24 hours to have it freeze again. Right. So you can do one batch a day. So it took a month because you know, a lot of time waiting for it to freeze. I see. So once we got bigger machines like this one over there, it's got a compressor built in. So you can just go batch after batch after batch. So once we have something like that, you can start experimenting a lot quicker. Right? So the compressor. So how does that work? What's the process of like when you're using that machine, what's the whole process of the ice cream like start to finish? So okay. how does it go? So um, the first step is we cook the ice cream because we use eggs. We have to cook it to a certain temperature. Um, and then once we've once we've cooked it, we put it in the fridge and... I like to let it sit overnight at minimum just for everything to kind of settle in. You want to have it as, as cold as possible before putting it in the machine. And then it goes into the machine. Uh, my, my smaller two take about 20 minutes to churn. And um, once it's at that state, it's like a, a harder kind of soft serve consistency. And then you package it up, throw it in the freezer and let it sit for minimum 12 hours. I like to let it sit overnight. Um, and then at that time, we and can so what does that do? Letting it sit longer? Well, so when you when you're churning, yeah, um, this is we're getting into the science of it. Now. Yes, do it. I want to go like deep, just like sure. break it down. So one of the ingredients of milk is water. So if we just take the ice cream base, we throw it in the freezer, the water crystals are gonna form bigger and bigger crystals, and you're gonna end up having a solid block of milk ice, basically. So when you're churning. Uh, be it in a Cuisinart home machine or one of these fancy machines, the outside base is what is like cooling the cream. But then you've got a paddle on the inside that's kind of scraping it consistently. So when the ice crystals are forming, the paddle breaks it up into smaller ice crystals. And then it forms more and then it breaks it up more. So what you all ice cream is made out of little ice crystals. But what you want is you want the smallest possible. Hmm. So when you, let's say you, even if you buy Briar's ice cream and you eat half a tub and then you let it sit out and it gets like watery and you throw it back in the freezer, it's going to be super icy because all the water crystals have now kind of melted. When you throw it back in there, they're going to be form large ice crystals. Right? The thing about that too, when you buy some of the, uh, I, th I find bigger name stuff, you let it sit out. You now don't have a full tub of ice cream if you just let it sit. It's now, it's now shrunk down to a smaller size. Absolutely. So this is another science fact. Um, the two machines behind you, they have one speed of churning. Uh, the big machine behind you, I can set the speed at which it churns, which is important because if you spin quickly, every time you churn, you're adding air into it. That's what we talked about one time, like many years ago. Briars, when they churn, I'm assuming they're churning super fast because, you know, yes, you let the, the ice cream sit. You're driving home from the ice, like from the grocery store. You come home, it's melted, and you've lost 30%, 40%. So what I do with the big machine, I try to slow it down as much as possible because I don't want a lot of air. So when I put four liters of base in, I might be getting five back just because the volume has increased because of the air. Hmm. But briars, for instance, if they put four liters in, they probably get eight liters back, right? So it's from a dollar and cents perspective. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can see why you want to do that, right? Put a little in, get lots out. But of for course. me, it's, it's a texture thing, right? Like I don't, I don't want that super airy, fluffy ice cream. I want like solid, like smooth, solid ice cream, right? Yeah. Um, 
so that's that's one of the differences between like someone like us producing small scale versus one of the, the larger uh, producers. Sure. So one cool thing you were showing me here, talking to me about before we started, yeah. is that you have you do have the three machines now. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see sort of that I guess that evolution of like forty nine below. Absolutely. Is that you have like the small one, then it's like the one that's a little bit bigger. And then you have the big boy yeah. over here. Well, I'll show you the, the paddles because the paddles are kind of the cool thing. Like you see the difference in scale from the small one to the big one. Um, yeah, it's, it's night and day. Like the, the, two, the two smaller ones, uh, I can produce way less in, and it takes me 25 minutes to churn. Whereas the big one, I can do a batch in like five minutes. And so that big one, you said you, you do it at a slower speed. Yeah. So is it turning at a slower speed or turning at, than the other two were? The other two are running a slow, like they only have one speed and that's, it's slower than that machine can actually go. Okay. Um, but I'm running it as slow as I can on that one. So yeah, the, the max setting is, is two and a half times faster than what I'm churning at. And do you have a uh, sort of another machine that you're, eventually going to go up to or want to go up to yeah i'd like to get that one in the next size up but and it, would it be like another jump if you look at the three machines like yeah. they all kind of like a little incremental size would the next one be sort of another incremental size it's yeah it takes twice as much okay um and it's twice as expensive <laughs> um so yeah it's it's definitely an investment yeah but of course. The, you know this you know when COVID kind of hit our numbers went way up and I wouldn't be able to, to be able to produce as much if I didn't have that machine. So it's an investment that has already paid off for itself, right? And I got to say, this space is pretty wild. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is my single car garage conversion into my commercial kitchen. What did that feel like when you went from like the shared kitchen and then into your own space? It was amazing. The, um, I was talking with Taylor from Seren Chocolate. And we were talking about kitchen space and he was like, oh, I've got one in my backyard. And I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. And then I was, I told my wife this and she's like, well, why don't we do this in the garage? And I, I started looking into that and I talked to Saanich and they had no issue with it. And I talked to Viha and they had no issue with it. And I talked to CRD and they had no issue with it. I'm like, let's do this. So it, from the planning stage to getting everything done was super fast. And I don't know if you noticed, but like I did all the, the plumbing externally. So I didn't have to like cut through drywall. Same thing with the power. It's all done externally. So I can just plug things in. If I don't like where those plugs are, I can just move it. And That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was way cheaper than I thought it was going to be. And now I can produce whenever I want. Right? Yeah. Like if, I guess if you're bored or something well, and you yeah. want to go make some ice cream, yeah, you just go and make some ice cream. Yeah. So in the summertime, like, uh, my wife was working full time with COVID. My kids were at home. So I was here made dinner at five. She would come home. We would tag team. I would leave. I'd come here till one in the morning, two in the morning. And, you know, she would put the kids to bed and do all that kind of stuff. But this allows me to come whenever I have time to come here and just work. I think it's awesome. Like people just driving down the street or whatever, no idea. they would have no idea. It's like this, this almost like this, like not a science lab, but like this, this factory is turning out. This amazing stuff is right there. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I love it. It's, it's getting small. We've, you know, we're, we could use another freezer and we could use, you know, maybe another machine and we're running into some like space limitations. Yeah. Especially in the summertime, we had another person in here, like we would tag team the cooking and it, it's, it's tight for two. I can't imagine having more than two in here. Yeah. Um, but for now it, it just, it works great. 
and the, the name 49 below. Yeah. So how did that come? So I'm a, I'm a geography nerd. Uh, that's one thing I was doing for the BC government, working with geography and, uh, geographic data. And so we in Victoria are located below the 49th parallel. And that's, I thought, you know, I want, I want a name that kind of ties to Victoria. Um, and that just came to mind and. Okay. Yeah. See, I was thinking, it, did it have something to do with temperature? Yeah, that's what most people. But I also know the 49th parallel. So yeah. I was in, I don't know. I did. So that's cool then to know what that, where that comes from. Yeah. And you have the, uh, the mascot as well. Yeah. So the mascot, uh, we, we started with the octopus. Yeah, exactly. The octopus. Yeah. So the, uh, the octopus is kind of a three pronged thing for us. One is I studied biology, uh, and octopuses are always something that was fascinating with me. Um, the giant Pacific octopuses in our waters here. And then my wife and I also got married at the Sydney aquarium and there was a big, big one there. So it's just all kind of ties together into that. Is that what the octopus is that's down at uh, Ogden point? Uh, I, Do you know? I believe I mean, I've seen one by the breakwater. Yeah. Um, oh, you've actually seen it. I've seen one, yeah. Um, but, the, you know, they're, they're all around here in the Salish Sea, so. And when you come up with a flavor that you want to do, how long does it take you, like, to get an idea to actually having, like, a product that you're like, I, can, I could sell this? So sometimes first try. Sometimes it takes a couple, couple tries. We just did the, the Asia series, and... Um, we did uh, white rabbit. Yes, my girlfriend really wanted to try some of that. That sold out quick. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I did one batch, um, and that didn't turn out as, as as much as I wanted to. So we did another one, and then we were fine. we were happy with that. So we we kind of rolled with that recipe. But it's so cool with some of the stuff you've done, like the one you that you did marshmallows with. Yeah, like when you put the marshmallow in the ice cream, it was still a marshmallow. It wasn't some, it didn't change form or anything. Yeah. And that's one of the things when you freeze, like you always got to think about how is that going to freeze? Um, you know, you can't just throw apples in ice cream because it's going to freeze solidly. You have to manipulate it. You have to do certain things to it, right? Uh, you know, strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, like they have so much water in them when you just throw them into the freezer or into your ice cream, it's going to be a solid block. You're going to break your teeth, right? So you have to cook it or add sugar or do all these different things with it. And it's different for every single thing? Yeah. I mean... Like strawberries, we handle different than blueberries. We handle different than rhubarb. We handle different than orange and that kind and of stuff. And is this all just by trial? Yeah, a lot of trial and error. Um, I I love reading books, like ice cream books. I've read them all. <laughs> um, and like, you know, take ideas from here and there. And um, I also love like, you know, we I went to um, uh, dinner at Nowhere one time. And they had this burrata. Um, it was a dish with burrata, almonds, brown butter, I forget what else. Oh, I'm an, um, uh, maple. I think it was maple syrup. And I was like, well, that is, that's an idea for an ice cream. So I, I took my ice cream base. I blended in burrata. I, um, I dehydrated some maple syrup, threw in some almonds. And I'm like, this is like, this is the dish that I had at nowhere in an ice cream form. Did you let them try it? I gave, yeah, of course. I mean, these, those, those people, <laughs> they're my inspiration, right? Like I, I and I, I love getting feedback from people like, like, um, like Clark and that whole team there. Cause you know, these are people I look up to and I'm like, if they can try my ice cream and like give me feedback or they like it and it's, it's amazing for me. So there was one dish I had there that, that I think Laura came up with and she had done it based on the whole wrap and, or the, the whole nowhere team came with me to wrap and roll mm -hmm. and they had a dessert there. So she actually made a dessert for nowhere based on the thing she had at wrap and roll. Cool. 
which is cool. It's, it's, it's really awesome when something you try something that inspires you that much yeah. that you're like, this has to happen in some other form that maybe no one's ever done this before. That's, that's what you strive for, right? A hundred percent. So do you have any flavors that have eluded you that like you tried and you just couldn't get? There, there's this infamous one that I did that I thought, you know, my mind, I thought this was going to be working out great and ended up not working out at all. Um, it was a, a maple ice cream with pancake bits. Okay. Um, that eluded me. It didn't work. It didn't work because the, the pancakes just crumbled in the ice cream and I didn't test it out as much as I should have. Um, but that's something I want to get back to is just tinkering with that one. I want to nail that one. So how many tries did you give on that one so far? I think three. Okay. I need to keep going. So is it, it's just basically the pancake bits that needs to be figured out. Yeah. I have some ideas. I think we're going to nail it. So this is chemistry now. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Chemistry trial and error. And how many different flavors would you say you've done in total? Do you have um, a list somewhere? I do have a list. Um, I have a list of like all the flavors we've done for subscribers. Yeah. Cause we've been doing this for five years now, almost. Um, so we've probably done over a hundred flavors for that alone. And then probably on our own, another 200. It's so crazy. Yeah. So it's, the numbers getting up there. And do you have any ones that sort of stand out for you? There's certain, I like, I like ice cream with like bits in it. Like cinnamon crunch has those bits in it. We did an, uh, a chocolate ice cream with almond brittle. That was very good. I like, I'm starting to go to more like the weirder ones, like the Hawkins cheesy one. I don't know if you tried that. No. Um, so that is, it's just a weird flavor, but it works so well. I got to say too, like when you put on social media, like a photo, like, like, um, um, teasing an upcoming flavor, like the photos that you put up are like so enticing. Like it just makes you like, like I did see the cheesy one. Yeah. And like, it just like in my brain, my brain kind of exploded a little bit where like I freaked out a little bit inside. I know you you do a really good job though with the, with the, uh, teasers. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I got a uh, little shout out from my, my co-op. I hired a UVic co-op this summer, uh, Alex, and she's been doing an awesome job on, on the social media side. So she's been taking a lot of pictures and doing about a lot of that content. Yeah. The social media is outstanding and the website is outstanding. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's something we, we redid this summer so we've just switched over to shopify uh, i think in june july so that's a little growing curve like learning curve on that one but of course and so is that you maintaining yeah okay yeah so you know before summertime and i had alex join the team this is all a one-person operation this Uh, whole time this whole time yeah so uh this summer i had her join and then a girl helped me in the kitchen cook and a friend of mine has been helping deliver some ice cream. But other than that, it's it's more or less me. My parents have helped out and my wife and, and her parents have helped out too here and there. But it's, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as far as features go, because you've done a lot of different like partnerships with different um, businesses and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. How does that come about? Do people just approach you or do you reach out to people or? For like ice cream flavors? Or, yeah. Um, it's, we, we'll enjoy doing those. Mm-hmm. And so we, we often are the ones going out there and, and looking for opportunities. Um, you know, we've done a few things with Sydney scones. Um, yeah. Well, the ice cream you did for Israel's, uh, dinner that he did at harvest road. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. Paired with the, with the, the Sydney scone. scone. Yeah. I wish I could have gone for that. 
It was it was a really really good time. Oh, that's awesome. And I mean, you you have the scone witches. Yeah, that's what they're called, right? The scone witches. I think I think so. The scone witch. I forget what she what she ended up calling it, but how many of those have there been? The scone witches. Uh, we did a raspberry, salted caramel, a lime, a peach. Four. So or who five. initiates that? Like, do you come up with the ice cream first? Does she come up with the scone first? She usually comes up with the flavor. She's like, I'm thinking about doing A, B, and C. Could you do this flavor? I'm like, absolutely. So it's, yeah, she, she comes up with some great ideas. And with 49 Below, what would you say sort of makes the ice cream unique or different from other ice creams? Yeah, we, that's a question I get a lot. And it's, it's a very difficult one for, for me to answer because we, I think all the smaller ice cream companies here in Victoria, we try to do the same kind of thing. We, you know, small batch, we try to use local ingredients, seasonal ingredients. Um, our model of sale is a little different. Like since day one, we've had a subscription where we deliver pints straight to your door, which came in really handy during COVID because the delivery model is something we've been doing since day one. And you said you found that the, the numbers went up? Our numbers, you? yeah, our numbers are, are way up this year. So it's incredible. Yeah, no, it's... COVID has been, it's been good for our business. Um, and been, again, I, I really think that the places that were already sort of established as having delivery or takeout, mm. I think everyone I talked to, then they seem to say the numbers have gone up since COVID. Yeah, we, we hit the ground running. And it, yeah, for us, it, it worked out really well. But, you know, I, I, I hope more businesses kind of can pivot to that kind of business model where you can do more takeout or or uh, like pick up and that kind of stuff. So our, our food, our, our product travels fairly well. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these higher end restaurants, their meals are made to be eaten then. Right. Of course. Um, so it's a little bit more tricky, but um, yeah, for us, it's, it's been pretty good this year. And so what would you say is makes it unique? I think I cut you off on that. Well, I, I, we, we try to do things we started off trying to do things a lot by things we've experienced on our travels. Yeah. Like the first play we did was Vietnamese coffee. And like, um, I try to incorporate a lot of like flavors that I've, I've had throughout my travels, um, while still using localish ingredients. And do you have any flavors that, um, there's like a cool story behind, um, like that you got the idea from a certain travel, like a, a travel story or anything like that? Yeah, I did. Well, we did this weird, one that we probably won't be doing again is uh it was um coconut palm sugar ice cream which is great but then we added uh a fish sauce caramel which is like vietnamese inspired um and it was a weird salty sweet flavor um based on something we had when we were traveling there um so that's probably like one of the weirder travel inspired ones okay and you mentioned the subscription uh stuff that you do mm -hmm. so that is it it's two pints a month right two pints a month yeah and they're just random well so we when we started we did two different pints every month was different and after like six months we sent a survey out to our subscribers and just said you know how do you think this is going would you like to see some flavors more often and we had all the flavors we'd done up to that point and we had people rank them and we looked at them and most people enjoyed the chocolate, the vanilla, the mint chocolate. So we like, we thought, well, why don't we create a staple series of those six, feature those every month rotating, 
you know, the second flavor is something unique. Mm. So the the six flavors rotate, and then the the second flavor is always different every month. And it, it still continues in that system. Yeah. So I do have day. to say too that you said you like you like ice cream with the chunks of something in it. Yeah. And I have to agree. Like I love I love uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream, but I don't really care for like just uh, mint mixed in with chocolate. There's something about the actual like chocolate yeah, yeah. chip that I really like. It's a, a texture thing, right? Like we like something smooth, something crunchy, something. It's, it's having that different texture. It's really satisfying. Mouth. Yeah. Um, and do you ever get like uh, subscribers that say, "Hey, can you make a certain flavor?" Definitely. And that's, or just get in general. There's people asking. Yeah, we get hit up on Instagram all the time. Like, you know, we would like to see this and that. Like Black Sesame, when we just did, like we've had several requests for that. So when we we sat down. We decided we were going to do this Asia travel series. We we're like, well, we have to, we have to make a black sesame, and that was basically based on a lot of questions from subscribers or just people who follow us on Instagram. And how many people, or how many different flavors were in that that series? It was a three pack. So we did a Vietnamese coffee, one of our staples, uh, the white rabbit, and a black sesame. Yeah, people love that Vietnamese coffee flavor. It's it's one like if I had to pick one, I would always go back to that. That's the one. It's I love Vietnamese coffee. It is just like smooth and it is sweet, but it's just that smooth and like I coffee flavor that I I love so much. So it's yeah. If I had a choice of all my ice cream, I'd probably still sneak a one. scoop of that in. That's awesome. The White Rabbit is is up there now though. Okay. It's, so is that White Rabbit going to come back? Yeah. So we've we've added that to our website as a standalone pint now. Okay. Uh, we sold out. Like within the first couple hours so when i get my containers in hopefully tomorrow we're going to be making more of that so and so that that's now just going to be one on the website someone could just order yeah so then... we because a lot of people keep requesting certain flavors over and over and over again we've decided we were going to add those to the website as a kind of a standalone so you can still purchase the subscription it's kind of roll of the dice you see what you get and then you can also add on some of the staple flavors, honeycomb, cookie dough, those things will be coming soon. So, and then I guess that works well for you because you know how many you have to make. There's already people have already ordered it. Yeah. So for the subscription, it's really nice, and that's one of the reasons I I started with subscriptions because I was renting a kitchen space. I knew exactly. Okay, I have 50 people subscribed. I need to have X liters of milk, sugar, cream, all that stuff. Were you in stores at that point, like when you first started? When I first started, I was doing subscription. It was only subscription, right? Only subscription. Because I was still working part-time at that time. How much of a challenge was that to sort of get, like starting with that model? Yeah. How quickly did it sort of ramp up for you? Uh, the first, I think the first month we had 20 people sign up. That's, that's really good, I it's think. It's not bad for like, you know, yeah, you know how did 50 you get people on Instagram following us. and How did you get those people? Um, I, the first thing I did when I started was I sent out a news release. Don't know if that was the right thing to do, but that's the first thing I well, did. Well, it must have it had to have been. Well, it's, it worked out. And then we had, it was amazing to see because like the first couple of people who signed up were my parents and friends, but then having the first person to sign up that I didn't know, that was mind boggling. Like to go from that to, to that point was just incredible. Um, and take it a step further now, seeing people post stuff on Instagram, like they went to the root cellar and they bought some ice cream sandwiches and they posted about it. Like, I never thought we we're going to be here, right? It's the wildest thing, isn't it? It's bizarre. Like when somebody you don't know. Totally. Like another human being in the city somewhere, they love something you make. Yeah. And then you see them show appreciation. That's, that's, that's pretty wild. That's, it's amazing. Um, so from 
Yeah, so we, we started with 20 and then quickly went to 30 and 40 and up from there. Um, but now, like, the wholesale portion, which we started probably six months after we started, mm-hmm. is is kind of, that's our bread and butter now. So Okay. Yeah. And so how many different spots are you in now? Uh, six. And are they all local? Is there anywhere outside of Victoria? No, so we, we're pretty local-ish. Okay. Yeah. And so do you, do you want to name them, I guess, if anybody's listening? And sure, yeah. Nearby? <laughs> That's good. So um, Peppers down in uh, Caddy Bay, Slater's Meats, Market Garden, Tuta Sweet, Root Cellar, uh, Beauregard Cafe in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. And we also sold at Seasider during the summertime. Okay. If I forget someone, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you used to do the markets. I used to do the markets. Is that yeah. going to be a thing still? or uh, For me, the markets were very hit and miss. Uh, it, seemed, up, they, it seemed like at Oakland sometimes you'd be killing it. Yeah. And then I'd come back the next week and yeah, you'd just be like, it's not really happening today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first year we were at Oakland's, we were killing it. Um, I don't know if it was just weather or what, but we were doing really well, selling out almost every time. And then the next year might have been weather related or, you know, there was a lot more competition. Um, it just didn't do it. And like going to a market with ice cream is challenging just you know being there to set up having dry ice getting there you know all that stuff is is a bit of a challenge and when you have it's overcast and nobody wants ice cream it's four hours for nothing right so i could spend that time making more ice cream for stores or subscriptions and and actually you were at the the uh, brayfoot market i did that yeah, yeah was that was that the first one you did that w- i did oakland's one year and then the next year i did forget now i think sydney market i did brayfoot for a couple couple weeks oh so you're out in sydney too yeah the sydney one was nice because you know tons of people come out to that yeah uh, but again you know tons of competition as well right and we had a lot of overcast days and rainy days out there so and now you have uh you have ice cream bars yeah so Which last one? year we started that and that is bananas <laughs> when did that start so that started um i think two years ago just after we finished the the market season, I started dabbling with that, nailing like the cookie recipe. And then last year, um, we started selling it in stores. And then this year we, or last year at the closer to the end of the summer, I was like, I cannot keep up with making the cookies. So we had to look at like other options. That's when we approached wildfire to make our cookies. Oh, so they're the ones that are making the cookies. Now. Yeah. And they just, we just every week we get a thousand cookies, two thousand cookies, and just and assemble, it, ship out. So, are, are the cookies like the same as the ones you were making? Yeah. So I gave them my recipe, um, and they, you know, they they're the baker know how how to like pump these cookies out. They've got the machines that I absolutely I don't have. I don't even have an oven in here anymore, so I can't produce them now. So how long did it uh, take you to get the cookie recipe down? That took um, took a couple tries probably a month yeah several it took several attempts okay um and then playing with baking time and thickness of cookies not gonna are you ever gonna just have like 49 below cookies just just the cookies just the cookies maybe could that be something maybe you never know i like like the cookies that we have are kind of like the old school like ice cream sandwiches you get at like you know the uh, the corner store but you know elevated cookies with elevated ice cream so and do you have flavors that are only in the uh the sandwiches versus like the pints yeah so we do um 
like the cookie dough ice cream is only in the sandwiches for, for like for for sale in stores um we did a strawberry ice cream sandwich this year i've also got some labels done up that are like generic so i can write in the name write in the nutritional information mm-hmm. once we come up with a new flavor that we want to pump out but I just ran out of all my labels, so I just put another huge order in. So, so you're out of containers and out of labels. I'm out of everything. So, yeah, I'll show you my freezer later. It's pretty embarrassing right now. So. That's okay. It works. Good. Our um, business is good, doing good. Well, then. it's good. And and I saw that you have at home kits now. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a fun thing we just started this summer. Um, I was talking to some friends, and they're like, you know, why don't you sell these at home kits? I'm like, well, how many people actually have ice cream makers at home? And so I asked some people on Instagram and it's quite a few actually do. So, um, so we came up with these ice cream kits where you get the base, uh, packaged in these little poly bags. We ship it with, um, sprinkles and chocolate sauce and some honeycomb bits and instructions to how to make it in an ice cream maker. If you have one at home or we give them, I think six different options. If you, if you want to make it at home using a glass Mason jar, or, uh, you might remember from like, old, like, preschool days where you have like in a little bag with a bag of ice and you shake it until it gets a little harder and then you throw it in the freezer. So different ways of making it at home, but we provide you with all the ingredients and you can go at her. That's crazy. And so like that, that recipe, is it similar to what you're doing then? It's exactly like we, we make a big batch of base and then we siphon some off for, for at home kits. So if you order it, like you're going to get a fresh uh, base that, you know, we could be churning into our own machine. It's exactly the same thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you can get like quality ice cream with little effort at home. Do you think you would ever do some type of like class or something? Yeah, I'd love to. We've, I've had some people in here pre COVID, um, you know, it was like a, um, father, daughter. He was like, I'd love to show my daughter how to make ice cream. I'm like, okay, come on by. So we set them up we've got two little uh, cook stations there. They had their own mixers and, um, we, they made, you know, one quart of base each and then we churned it um pretty much right away and they could add in whatever they wanted to and they came prepared with like cookie like chocolate bars that they chopped up and crumbled into the ice cream and they walked away with two pints each and so it was it's cool to see like especially a child like like learning it right away and then and, and running with the concept and that's really cool yeah so i'd love to do that more um you know the space is a little limited here but it's, it's definitely something. At some point, maybe in the future. Yeah, for sure. I took a, a macaron making class at uh, Bon Macaron. Yeah. And that kind of is the same idea. Like, you know, just pile into a room. They show you how it's made. You walk away with some product and everybody has a good time. So I'd like to, I would like to do that here. So that would be amazing. And, mm-hmm. and I did do a class as well with uh, Christine at Culture Kombucha. Oh, cool. Yeah. And she had a kombucha making class and she sends you home with enough to be able to make uh, yeah. two batches. Yeah. My wife did that course too. She loved it. So does she still do the kombucha? She, uh, not right now, but I think once our basement was a little too warm, I had a couple of bottles explode. Oh, um, okay. Did, was it, was it okay? Well, there's glass shards everywhere, but, uh, in Cause the Christine end, talked about that. She said that like, you want to put them inside a rubber container with yeah, a yeah. lid. Yeah. So we, we did that. And then once, um, it got moved, I guess, for the second fermentation yep. into the fridge. And that's where it all went down. That's where it happened. So, yeah, we opened the fridge up and there's this kombucha pouring out. But Okay, but it was, at least it was in the fridge. It was in the fridge. It wasn't on your counter or something. No. Okay. But, uh, no, but she did mention that, put it into like a Rubbermaid container. And yeah. So it's a good tip. And with ice cream, um, 
what what in your opinion goes into like a really 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 good ice cream is there like one thing you can think of that's above all else um like for me it's funny like we use egg yolks um and like you can totally tell the difference if you have like on the quality of the egg yolk um because that transfers into like the richness of the ice cream so it's it's also a color like if you get like a dark orange egg yolk you can you can notice that in the end result um so like the egg yolks is for me like what gives it that richness and that's one thing like i always look for is is nice eggs so do you do you ever make like really really like expensive stuff for yourself like like super expensive eggs or or something crazy um no i i eat what i what i pump out for everybody okay yeah so, so you don't do ever like duck eggs ever or something like I've never super done, rich? I've d- never done that. We've really? done like I've done some crazy flavors for like my family uh, and some friends, but never like I, I use the same ingredients for for all my ice cream. Okay, I'd be curious what duck eggs would be like. Well, because I think that would be because like the eggs when you have them, they're pretty different. They they're larger. They're, they're oh. larger. They're they're a lot more um a lot richer. Okay, like a lot. Well, you can try it out. They're, they're incredible. And like, I've, I've, whenever I do like egg salad sandwiches, I put way too many eggs on it. It's good. It's the best part. Like mayo and. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll put like, I'll make two sandwiches and I'll use eight eggs just between two. And then like you're eating it and there's like, there's like an inch of like egg between the two pieces of bread it's the best part. and it's falling out the side. It's Absolutely. just a mess. But uh, yeah, using duck eggs, you definitely can't put eight. I should, I should try that. It's something to try. No emu eggs, like the big ones, but... Yeah, nothing like that. That'd be too much. Like but yeah, duck eggs, we can try that. Do you have stuff upcoming um, for the future that you have in mind that you want to implement for 49 Below? Yeah, so the... the um, So that Asian series we just launched is like a travel-inspired series. We want to do more of those. Um, so you choose like a different ge- geographical area yeah. and do it based on that? Yeah. So we have... I have a list of ideas. Um, several of them are like travel-inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a whole slew of other, like three pack series that we want to do in addition to like our monthly stuff. Um, just like we're with our subscriptions based on the demographic that we're selling to, we're trying to keep it pretty mellow Yeah. with these series. We want to take it a little bit, a little bit further, a little bit crazier. And you'll just release those sort of just randomly. Yeah. So we have no set schedule, but. And like, would you ever, would you ever do them like not just based on like maybe travel or geographical location, but do it based on, um, I don't know, like a character or like a TV series. Sure. Yeah. I guess, I don't know if you can put the actual name of it, but like inspired by some, a certain type of like movie or something. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, we have, a like the, the Hawkins cheesy, we're going to do one in the kind of that direction. Um, we're going to do some, we've had a lot of requests for like serial inspired things. Yeah. So we're working on that. Um, you, have you done serial, uh, ice cream yeah i was gonna churn some earlier and i just ran out of time but um we did a lucky charm one Ooh. last last year which was was fun it was a bit of a it's a lot of work because we spent like bought several cases of that had to separate all the marshmallows out and then we steeped the ice cream uh, sorry steeped the cereal in the ice cream and then churned like strained that out churned it and then added the marshmallows in afterwards and so when you did that like did the final result, did it taste like Lucky Charms? Yeah. It did. Yeah. You get, this is the beautiful thing about ice cream. It's like this canvas that you can add anything to. You can add any spice to it. You can add, like you can fuse it with anything. Tea, you know, 
anything. So it's it's this beautiful thing. And cereal is just like when you when you drink the milk after you've eaten all the cereal, like that taste is what you get in ice cream. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the cereal milk. It's beautiful. It's like when I was at Babe's uh, at Babe's, and I mentioned uh, I think Malcolm, I mentioned about cereal milk kombucha, mm-hmm. and he he made like they went and bought um, I think Fruit Loops that night, and then the next day he's making Fruit Loop uh, kombucha. Yeah, kombucha is another thing where you can just infuse exactly anything into it. Right, it's the same base. Yeah, and then you just add some stuff to it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, do you have any ideas for ice cream that you could do that might be just totally out there? Like like a new a new direction that you could go or or make that's like almost something nobody's ever done. Hmm. Can you think of anything that would work in that regard? There's I have a list of flavors ideas that I haven't tackled yet, but I want to, and some of them are kind of weird, and I don't know if people have done them. Um, like I had I had a a piece of pie on the weekend that was lime avocado, and that was really interesting. The avocado. I've seen that in like brownies and stuff like that. Like it's, I don't know if it's a substitute for, but it's a, it's a fat, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. So it's something you can probably easily incorporate into like a rich fatty ice cream too. Um, yeah, I'd like to play with some spirits. Um, and I also want to play like more savory um, side too. Yeah. What would a savory ice cream be like? Um, like... This one idea that uh, Salt and Straw, it's an ice cream company from Portland. They've now gone all across like the, the Northwest and uh, down to California as well. But they do this one. It's a um, turkey gravy caramel ice cream. Hmm. And I've had it before. And it's just like you think this is such a bizarre flavor. But it's like, it's like turkey skin that they've crisped up. And it actually stays nice and crispy. I don't know how they did that. And then they make this like turkey caramel that they kind of swirl into it. And that's more like a savory. Uh, it's still sweet, but like you got savory notes in that too. And uh, like root vegetables, like yams and that kind of stuff. You can, you can turn that into like more savory style ice cream. And then you can add in herbs and that kind of stuff to kind of take it more in that direction. Some as type well. of like sweet potato ice cream. Yeah. Like a, like yam fry ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, for ice cream. Have you ever done that? I've not. <laughs> Something to try. That'd be interesting. Yeah, Parmesan ice cream. Like we've done prosciutto, we've did uh, ham. Have you traveled at all and seen other like producers and see how they operate? Not in the kitchen. Um, okay, but, but I mean, I've been, I've tried to like hit up all the like Vancouver and, and Seattle and Portland ones. I'd love to go and, and work there if I could. Um, yeah, there's a couple in New York I'd love to work at, but. And just go and see sort of how yeah, they I'd operate. To, yeah. I mean, the, um, I'd always like to see like, you know, how does, what is their base? Like, is it similar to mine? Is it different than mine? I don't know. Um, how do they incorporate flavors and how do they, how do they all this, like what machines do they use? Cause like when I bought my machine, I'm like, I don't, I had to do all the research myself. There's no like website, like start your ice cream business, figure out what machine to buy. Like I called up all these different manufacturers and trying to get the best price and, um, until I ended up with my machine. So it's, it, it'd be curious to see what other people are doing, but so it's a very organic what you're doing here. Yeah. Just, I kind of feel it's like this podcast. Cause I didn't really look up how to do this. You learn. I just, I'm, I'm like, I need, okay. I know I need these parts. And then I just started researching, well, what, what makes sense for me for the, for what I'm doing? Well, that's cool. Like it's, it's very mobile. 
how you can set it up anywhere. Yeah. And like this, this board that I have that, that we're recording into, I wasn't going to, I was going to buy a really small, a very different one. And this, this zoom L8 happened to be coming out. Um, I was already looking into the stuff for about three weeks. And then I saw that this thing was going to be coming out. So I'm like, Oh, I'll just get that. Right. Yeah. It's worked out. It's, it's worked out beautifully. This, this unit is, is incredible. Like you could do like full concerts. Yeah. Like six microphones mixing board like it's yeah it's pretty cool all self-contained yeah you just run it off usb power you could be in the middle of a field well it's just crazy because i was like okay well, how are we gonna do the power here because we've got a jack up there but yeah no we, we don't, don't have to worry that. about that no um no this this unit is absolutely incredible and this this whole like we were talking about earlier there's some maybe some type of interference here i think with the electricity and and it's making little sounds in the audio but it's it's like when you go into spots like this i think it's way way cooler to be in the actual spot where the thing's being made totally than just to be in a studio somewhere like the sound quality might be better yeah but there's something authentic and and there's something about it like i i kind of feel like spaces sort of have like a um almost like a personality mm -hmm. on some level i'm i'm it's weird being in here and it's so quiet because yeah. usually like the machines are going or like the the, the stovetop's on and it's like there's always stuff going on but like it's so quiet in here so it's a little it's, bit different. You can very weird. You can appreciate it in a different light. <laughs> totally. Like I, I told you, like I come in here, I put my headphones on, I listen to podcasts, I, I start churning. And so, which podcast do you listen to? I like a lot of like political stuff. Okay. Um, I listen to like the New York Times. They do this like every morning at seven or six. They come up with this, like fifteen minute like high level what's going on in the world. Um, then who else? Uh, a lot of NPR stuff. Um, like true crime stories. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'll listen to your podcast. Thank you. Um, Joe Rogan yep. every once in a while. Uh, what else? Uh, Shopify has a podcast, about like e-commerce stuff. Oh, really? Which, which is quite interesting. And they just interview, um, entrepreneurs who use that platform and, and talk about how they've grown their business and that kind of stuff. And um, what's worked for them as far as their strategy. Yeah. And it's, it's cool because they look at, you know, people who sell t-shirts and people who sell eyelash extensions and, you know, the huge like gamut of people, but it's just, you know, you pick up little things from here and there and, um, endure socks. If you know them, they're from here in Victoria. No, they've got a podcast, which is kind of cool. And what's that one on? Uh, so they started a sock company here in town. It's like performance socks with like cool designs. Um, but he brings on people who are either athletes or, uh, other business people. Uh, they were on dragon den dragon's den. So they bring in other dragon's den people and just talk about their business. And especially now with COVID, like how they're adjusting. So it's, it's interesting. It's, it's pretty, um, yeah, it's very interesting how COVID has impacted everyone in a different way. Totally. Like with you, you said it's, it's really boosted the business up. Yeah. From business perspective, it's been great from a family perspective. It's been rather challenging you know having i've got two little kids um they were both supposed to be in in childcare or in preschool and then that stopped um in march and then i was at home with two kids <laughs> my wife was working full-time still um so it was, it was pretty challenging and then business is picking that, up at that time though it was still just you yeah it was right? just me yeah totally so in march things started to ramp up so then uh, you know, my wife would come home from work. We'd have dinner together as a family and we would kind of tag team and she would, you know, put the kids to bed and I would come here and start churning until what time one, two, 
you know, and then go inside and do emails and, and do that kind of stuff. And then, you know, wake up six and then she would go off to work and then I'd be at home with the kids. And my mom was super helpful during that time and came over and then, you know, helped a couple hours here and there, but it was from that standpoint, COVID was, was pretty rough, but from a business standpoint, it, it worked out well, but. And now things are more manageable. Yeah. So both kids are at school now. And so it's, I've got some more help in the kitchen. So it's, things are, things are common. Awesome. Down. Yeah. You can get some, a little bit more sleep. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Sleep is so important. So it is. Um, Ideally, how much, how much would you be sleeping ideally? Eight hours. Okay. You're like me. Seven, eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's weird. I pre COVID, I was going to the gym at six in the morning. So we'll get up at like five 30 and, and you know, we'd probably sleep six, six, seven hours, but like eight solid eight hours is, is great. So like, what's your ideal sleep time? Like for me, it would be like 10 PM. I never go to bed at 10. I'm always up late. Totally. Like I was up working on next week's episode uh, till two in the morning last night, but it would be, um, go to bed at 10, get up at six would be like my ideal. Yeah. I'd like to, I love getting up early. Like now that I'm out of this cycle, yeah, uh, I'm trying to, like, I'm getting up later and later and it's not, it's not good. Uh, I miss getting up at like five, five thirty, going to the gym, getting that out of the way. Which gym would you go to? Uh, I go to TFA, it's the fitness academy. Okay. Um, so they do these like hit classes. Strength Is that the one that's guys. underneath well, wheelies? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, so they've, they've just opened up a second location where they've moved the strength and conditioning to, um, I was going there five days a week. And then when COVID hit, I was doing some stuff at home and I buggered up my back. Mm. So I haven't been doing anything since then. Dude, I've been having some back issues lately and sleeping, waking up every hour some nights. It's horrible. Just because it hurts and it, it's, it's, yeah, it's awful when you wreck your back. Yeah. So mine, I have, I injured my back in 2001 playing soccer, uh, herniated two discs, and then ended up having surgery in 2011. And like when, early april it was looking like surgery was the route we were going down again this year this year yeah it's so like the first like april may june july it's been pretty rough and now we've got now luckily like physios are open again like can get like treatment once a week and yeah so, so how, how's that feeling now it's, it's night and day okay like i can get out of bed semi pain-free um so not only were you having to look after your kids but your back was all messed oh it was horrible yeah mm. So, yeah, and that was like, you know, having a chronic injury on top of like everything else going on in the world was, was not the ideal situation, right? Like very short tempered, uh, just because you're in constant pain, right? You can't do anything. You can't play around with your kids the way you want to just because every time you move, you're like, am I going to fall down, crumble to the ground? Just agony, right? So, yeah, I'm glad things have kind of stabilized a bit. And, yeah, I think there's a, I think a lot of people or pretty much everybody has to be operating at a higher stress level totally. than normal. Well, and even like I noticed that with my kids who are like, you know, they've got no responsibilities really. They just, it's all about play. But like this whole COVID thing, not being around their friends, their routines going out of whack. Like everybody, like their stress level, their anxiety is just through the roof right now. Like I'm so happy that they're back at school around friends, getting into a routine. Like it's the last couple of weeks have been great. So, and so for them, do they, do they acknowledge like stranger danger kind of thing? Like stay away from everybody. I, my son, he's very, he knows what COVID is. He knows what the virus is. He knows what the symptoms are. And you know, the other day he's like, I've got a scratchy throat. And I was like, okay, you've also got allergies. 
but he's he he's very aware of of what it is and you know, he likes wearing his mask which i thought was going to be a huge issue but like when we go to the grocery store or something puts his masks on he does gymnastics puts his mask on in the car walks walks to gymnastics he knows the whole routine of washing your hands and he's been doing really well with that so and you were mentioning that uh you were gonna try and start a podcast at one point yeah <laughs> that was a, a venture that didn't go very far but but what was the idea with that one so are you familiar with the jerry seinfeld uh two comedians in a car getting coffee yeah you basically they, they have coffee and they just sort of talk about whatever right totally so a friend of mine uh he owns a coffee shop here in town, Savory Cafe. And we were kind of thinking about, you know, we should do a podcast. This was probably a year ago. And um, so we got all the equipment and, and tried it out. And it just didn't didn't go as planned. It was Once you get in front of the microphone, like some people, even though they're very outgoing, kind of get less outgoing, kind of freeze up a bit. And that's both of us kind of felt a little bit awkward just sitting in front of each other and talking like this. Yeah, it, it's I, I still get it. Like when I first start these things, it, it takes me like five, 10, whatever minutes until I really sort of like sort of um, settle into it. Totally. I always feel a little bit off for some reason at the start of these. Well, and it's you're always like you are also going to like somebody else's space, right? Like that's true. I never thought about that. So it's like you're always kind of on your toes, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I, I that's actually a good point because like if I mean, if I've been in a restaurant before and I'm going somewhere, maybe fine. But like here, probably my subconscious is like picking up all the stuff around me. Totally. But it's also like, you know, making sure you, you got the, the right cable connected to the right thing. And, you know. Yeah. This, well, you saw how much I was making sure everything's working. Totally. Like right now, look at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure we're recording. Um, yeah, because I've had the thing shut off a couple of times. But there there is a lot to think about. But it's, I don't know. It's just so cool to like, because I know so many people. Just to sort of be able to like, here's Dan. Everybody here, this is who he is. Yeah. If you haven't met him, you know, this is who you are. Well, it's awesome watching, like, I haven't watched, like, the YouTube version of this podcast, but I've listened to all of them, right? And these are, like, as I said before, I'm like, you've interviewed all these people who I'm like, I admire, like, so much. And it's so cool to see them sit down and I kind of tell them your story. Like, I never knew about Israel and, like, his crazy past in Mexico. Like, yeah. It kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and, like, the, the guys from Hanks and, like, the village guys, like, it's just so cool to, like... There's been quite a, quite a bunch of stuff that just I, I'm 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 thankful for everyone that I know because there's so many good people. Well, it's vice versa. Like it's it's been amazing knowing you over the years, and like you know, every time you post about us, like it just it's amazing to see you do that for the community, right? And, well, it's that's and thank you. Yeah, and I just I, I legitimately like I I think I've said before that um like I've never made any money off this, not even a cent. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't aspire to ever. Um, but I just, if I can do anything to help somebody and, and they're a good person, I know them, even if I don't know them, if they're doing a good thing or good stuff, mm -hmm. then I'm, I'm happy to do it. Well, this is like the influencer thing in Victoria. Like you, I think you were kind of in a league of your own. Like you, you're never asking for free stuff. You're always like, no, no, let me, let me pay for this. I want to support you. Right. I mean, that's amazing to see, right? Not only do you have an Instagram account that reaches thousands of people, but like you're genuinely like wanting to support any kind of food venture, which is like, it's very cool to see. So I think it's important. Yeah. I mean, it's sure. part of it for me is that I have, like, I have my full-time job and then this is just a hobby so I can do it as, um, it's just a way to help people. Yeah, like, I just amazing. want to bring as much value as I can to anybody. 
like you, I want everyone to try your ice cream. I appreciate that. Everybody needs to try the ice cream. Because if you haven't and you eat ice cream, then I think you're making a mistake. I appreciate that. It's really, really important that people try it. And when you're doing flavors, how much in advance are you planning? Yeah, so that that is something I need to work on. Okay. Because I... I just flying by the seat of your pants? A little bit, and which is never a good idea. Especially like when I look at my calendar, I'm like, next week is my delivery week and I don't know what I'm making. Mm. And then there's always that pressure. I'm like, I have to come up with something new. Um, so like luckily a couple of weeks ago, uh, we did that collaboration with Chelsea at Sydney Scones. And she's like, let's do a peach ice cream with cream cheese. I'm like, okay. So I tried it, worked out. I'm like, I'm running out of ideas for my subscribers. Let's do a peach cream cheese ice cream so we made you know a bunch of that and luckily that came that idea came from her have you ever done like cheesecake i've done i did a strawberry ice cream with cheesecake chunks in it Mm. so i basically made a cheesecake without the crust and then just like froze it chopped up in little bits and threw that in oh dude that would have been insane i love brownies and ice cream oh yeah that's uh we did um one of the philanthropines with discovery coffee was like a coffee ice cream with brownie bits have you ever done a, a a mint version of that? Mint with brownie? Yeah. No. Because I think that would be ridiculous. That would be good. We could call it Dallas. Because <laughs> like, like I'm thinking about, I mentioned it last podcast uh, with Andrew, but um, the, the, the mint chocolate cookie at the Hot and Cold Cafe. Yeah, you, you mentioned that to me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like get some of those. Something like that in ice cream form. I think would just be out of this world, yeah. which is kind of like, I think what that's what that would be with that brownie. Yeah. Oh, I love brownies and ice cream. It's one of those things that like when you freeze it, it actually, it's like super dense, chewy. Uh, it doesn't break apart. So it's easy to work with. Super easy to work with. Like I under, I generally under bake it just a titch. So mm-hmm. you still get a little bit of that like gooiness, but once you freeze it, it kind of hardens up a bit and it's perfect in ice cream. So around the city uh, during COVID and all of this, have you been eating anywhere? Uh, we did take out from a couple of places. We did, uh, I think it was like an Italian inspired meal from Ferris, Ferris's. Yep. That was really good. Did they have the video for that? Uh, no. Okay. Oh no, sorry. I'm thinking about way back. There, there was a, they, they did one where they had, it was five courses and they had like um, a video explaining each course. Oh, cool. And so you, it was at the, uh, like beer pairing yes yeah yeah i think i saw that somewhere no we so it's just a normal takeout yeah okay it was just two dishes um i've been to nowhere once or once uh nowhere is so insane it's it's my favorite place to go do you get the drink pairing when you went we did yeah which was probably a mistake why the pours are like like we had the wine pairing yeah and the pours were like solid pours. So you didn't do the cocktail one with like everything? No. Okay. No, we did the, the, um, I think they, they only do the, the tasting menu right now. Yes. And then we did the wine pairing, but yeah, my wife and I were pretty, pretty <laughs> sloshed at the end of that. Um, I, fi- I feel like there, like if you go and you, and you're able to drink alcohol, then I would say it's almost like mandatory because it, it takes like some of the dishes that I've had when you have them alone, it's one thing, mm-hmm. but as soon as you, you have a little bit of, of whatever they're pairing with it, it just takes that dish to another level. Well, it's, it's, I think they think it out like that, right? Like it's, we know maybe that's even how it starts. Like we have this drink that has these kind of notes in it. Let's make a dish around it. And that's one thing, like, it's so amazing to see like how all of them, even like Laura, like she, she just does stuff. She makes pasta with 
whatever is here, right? And like, yeah, like they had, they had pasta made from squid. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. So yeah, they, they're magicians in there. And was there anywhere else you've gone lately or what about, because I know you like Kuma Noodle. I love Kuma. Yeah, I do love Kuma Noodle. Have you been there? Yeah, we've been there. That's actually one place we, we go to quite regularly. Okay. Yeah. So what's good there? Because I've only been once and I forget what I had. So they, they have, I always go with the ramen. They've kind of, they've got three different broths, miso, salt, and soy. Mm-hmm. I always go with the soy. Um, and then the... The key there, I like a runny yolk and the eggs that they have in the ramen are like boiled to death. So I always get a side egg. They just fry a little egg and I always say, leave it runny. And they plunk that on top and it's like, once you poke it and all goes in, that's the best part. So that's the move. That's the move. I also like corn in my ramen. Okay. Um, So I always had that added in. Actually, yeah, I think... I want to say that because the first meal Anton and I had in Japan was ramen. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there was corn in that. Yeah. And it worked out really well. I love it. Yeah. No, it's... Again, that's probably a texture thing, right? Probably. No, it's... Yeah. I, I For me, corn is is always an add-in. Um, I also like to get extra meat. It's not a bad move. It's not a bad move. It's like super fatty. But, you know, for a little treat, ramen every couple of weeks, it's like... No, it's fine. It's the best thing. So. Yeah. It's, it's, I love how close it is to where we are too. So we just go down the street and pick it up. And- One thing I've, I've saw that was open again, I think it's been open for a while that they've been doing them is the, the burrito bowl at Whole Foods. Oh yeah. Have I've you had, had those? Yeah, I've had that. There's such a good deal. That is the best deal. Yeah. I, I literally tell people it's like the best deal in the, in the city for it food. Is, yeah. I don't even know how, how much is it. Uh, so if you get the punch card, it works out to be like eight bucks Yeah, it's crazy. after you do the redemption um for a pound of organic food no, like it's it, very good it's crazy uh but they i went in last week i didn't know if they were doing it because the I, I never do the uh the buffet thing because mm-hmm. i've spent like 40 bucks on a meal there yeah it adds up quick yeah actually i will say if they had the buffet people have always said go get bacon because they do it by weight oh. and bacon doesn't weigh anything so you can get a huge box of bacon for like nothing uh a pro tip i guess yeah but uh yeah, those burrito bowls are such a good deal, and you have to do the punch card if you get them. I do. I just actually found a punch card like yesterday, cleaning up. Really? Had like three punches on it, so I need to. Oh, beautiful! Keep going on that. Yeah, just go and and uh, just get a bunch. Absolutely. I buy them like like I went uh, a couple nights ago, got one, and then I got one for the next day. Might as well because I've been lazy. Planning. Yeah, I, I haven't been meal prepping. Yeah, I mean, neither have we. We've been doing these um, like um, what are they called? Like meal kit delivery things okay which has been working out pretty well but and which one is that we do uh fresh prep right now okay from vancouver and how have you found that it's been good pretty good i the the one thing my my main complaint is every time you open up a bag it's got like 37 ingredients and you're like these are not 20 minute meals like it just the prep time takes takes a long time to actually make it and the end result is good though mostly good um but it's just like the number of ingredients just drives me bananas because it's... You know, how do they do it? How, are they, how, how is it packaged? Um, some things like onions and stuff will be chopped. Um, but a lot of stuff you still have to do. Like they have a lot of these Asian inspired sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, and they have soy sauce and white wine vinegar and sugar and this and that. And by the time you make the sauce, it's like you've used like 12 ingredients. And, oh, I see. And several bowls and... 
but it's just the convenience of having it delivered to your house and not having to go to the grocery store, not having to look through recipe books, like just having all that is there's something for that's something totally, about that. Totally. Like so, the meal kit. The only one I've done is the one from the village. Yeah. And I, and I loved it. Yeah. Cause like, like I'm not a very good cook, but when they made it that simple with what they did and the, uh, I like the instructions, the way they were sort of personalized mm-hmm. or not personalized, but there was some personality in them. Yeah. Uh, like the end result, like I was like, Oh my, I can't believe I, I made this. I can yeah. Cook. Like I, this made, this was really good and they made it easy Yeah, and I loved it. Well, that's the key. Like we are all we got all, everybody has got so much going on. Like any way to make it a little bit easier is, is definitely the way to go. So, and when you were working out like pre COVID, you were doing this sort of the, the hit style. Yeah. Cause that's what I really enjoy. Yeah. I like it too. And it's like every day was different. Um, they would have like a pull day, a push day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, every day was a little bit different. They had different trainers with different styles and like every, like every day you, you, you never knew what you'd be walking into and keep you on your toes. And, and so was it like an hour long class? It's an hour long. Yeah. Just, and it's just like hard the entire time. Yeah. You get in, warm up and then your heart rate is just <laughs> pumping. You walk out drenched. You feel so good afterwards. And it's a, you know, I'm done at seven. Like it's not far from here. I'm home by like seven ten shower get going like sometimes my kids are still asleep and like it was i love that i think there's something about like like the fact you went and did that and you're and like you're saying some people are still asleep like and you've already got out there and crushed it totally uh pushing like to your limits or whatever and and people aren't even up yet there's something like psychologically about that that like to me is it's like this cool thing well just like i loved it i loved it even more like the winter time when you go outside like you finished at seven it's still dark out Mm-hmm. And you've like, I've been up for an hour and a half, two hours. Like I've been working hard. Most people are still sleeping maybe, but yeah, checking that off every morning. It was yeah. very, it was very rewarding. Yeah. Have you ever seen Jocko on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. He's a little watch. intense. He's intense. Every yeah. morning at like four. It's like, yeah, 4.33 every single morning. Yeah. And then just like a pool of sweat. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not quite there, but that's. But you were doing five days a week? Five days a week. Yeah. That's, so, that's a lot. Yeah. It was, I was questioning if that was too much, just like, I'm not the youngest, not the youngest anymore. I'm like, am I getting enough time to recover? But I was feeling pretty good. I got injured when all that stopped. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if like that was just keeping everything maintained, everything going. Well, I'm wondering like with my back, cause I've never had these issues. Um, I'm wondering if it's because like, I'm not doing deadlifts anymore. I'm not strengthening my core. I'm not doing any of this stuff. Yeah. Cause I haven't been going to the gym. What is, do you know what the issue is? Disc no, or muscle or? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to, uh, I was going to backfit for a while and they were, they were like, um, do you know about back, backfit mm-hmm. where they, they sort of, uh, put more space between your vertebrae Yeah, decompression. Yeah, exactly. On the, on the different tables and that stuff. Yeah. And it, I mean, it did make a difference. Um, but I stopped that when COVID hit. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to go in the room with, with other people. I just, I don't know. I'm being cautious. I yeah, guess. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going to this place where they do traction, um, not using machines, just um, the physios, like body weight. Um, but then they also, I'm also doing IMS. This is, I love IMS. So this is like, I was in so much pain. I had one session and the next morning I was like, jumped out of bed. <laughs> I was like, I can, I can move. Well, the, the crazy thing about IMS <laughs> is that like, they target specifically the muscles that are seized up. Mm-hmm. And I remember that one of the first times I went, my, my left calf was bothering me and it's the only time it ever hurt. Like I've had it done probably 40 times or something and it never hurt after this, but it was like excruciating the first day on my left calf. 
the next week when I went back, uh, she did it again and it like, I didn't feel anything. It was just, it was good. Mm -hmm. And, and it just, it's, it's amazing that when you get like that release of the muscle, yeah. like if they do the one in your neck, I've, yeah, I've only done back. Okay. So you haven't had like the neck because there's one in the trap here that it's happened multiple times where, where she put the needle in, it releases and she could said she could see the whole thing travel up my neck as it oh, released. Wow. And like, I'm my, my face is jumping off the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of them, like she, there's one I got hit, like right in the, like felt like it was right in my spine. I was like, Whoa. there's, there's, yeah. I think around the spine is a delicate area. It's very delicate. Have to be careful. I, I get one in my glute. Yeah. And then I've had that. Uh, my legs, I have like nerve damage from my, that injury. Um, so yeah, she put, she put a needle just below my calf and she's like, did that, did that hurt? I'm like, I couldn't even feel it. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I do that once a week and that's been, it's been a game changer. Do you ever, when, when she does your leg, do you ever have your leg like shoot off the side of the table? <laughs> no, no, not yet. Well, I've had that. I need to, I need to ask for that one. Well, it's just like uncontrollable. It's, yeah. Like these, these impulses, are, these strong, strong things happen. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I've, that's the first time I've done IMS was this year. So, okay. It's and I guess been, for people that don't know what it is, it's like acupuncture. It's acupuncture. But you're going into like into a seized up muscle, not a pressure point. That's right. And I think what she was explaining is like acupuncture is like if you, to create the most chi, you want to actually go the furthest away from what's ailing you. Mm. Uh, whereas with IMS, it's like you're targeting specific areas, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think she also digs a little deeper. In IMS. Yeah, it's like they, they put the needle in and then they, they sort of like flick it or something. Flick it, yeah. And then the, the muscle just like opens. Yeah. It's so insane. Yeah. And I just lie there for like a couple of minutes and then she comes back and takes them all out and away I go. A new person. The best is if you get like the IMS, but then you get a massage after. Yeah, I've never done that. I should do that. that that's, a, that's a killer combo. It's a pro tip. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the way to go. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. I think um, self-care is really important. Yeah, and maintenance. Definitely. Yeah, be that physical or emotional or like any of that, right? It's hundred percent taking care of your body and your mind, and yeah, for sure. I want to ask you, what's been the biggest, um, the biggest lesson that you've learned? You think, like over the course of having forty nine below and and everything that you've uh, you've done? Yeah, for me, like being able to wear multiple hats and managing your time and, you know, all these other commitments that are going on, just, you know, when it's time to make ice cream, it's time to make ice cream for me. And I have to think about thousands of different things. And I always say, like, I always feel like I'm throwing like 10 balls in the air and I'm <laughs> trying not to drop any, but it's like prioritization uh, and just, you know, have wearing different hats, be it, you know, in the kitchen, making ice cream or on the business end, like doing all the financial stuff or the social media stuff. And, just learning everything and anything that I can and outsourcing anything that I can't or don't have time to do. Right. So it's just, yeah, constantly learning, constantly trying new things. And, and do you find that challenging to be able to acknowledge, like, I just, I can't take this on right now or do that. It's going to outsource. Yeah. So like having somebody kind of take care of the social media stuff has been a huge relief because it's just like, you know, thinking about what to post and when to post and what hashtags to use just takes up so much time that I could be using to make a product that I can sell, right? Like at the end of the day, like I need to be making ice cream that I can sell, not thinking of a pretty picture to post on Instagram, right? The priorities are 
what can I sell, not what can I post. Right. I wonder if that yeah, that frees up like part of your brain, like your creative space. You don't have to worry about that side. Yeah. So you can throw it all at the ice cream. Totally. Like I, I've been playing more with flavors now that I've had help. Like even having someone come in and like help cook, and I can come in and I've got you know 100 liters of cr- like base that I can just play with, versus like me having to cook and then come back the next day and do it. And definitely frees up brain cells to to focus on the business as a whole. I'm still trying to think of flavors that like I think would be wild. You ever done one like a um what are those freezies that used to be able to get it like the ice cream truck like the the rainbow colored thing? Like blue raspberry. What are, oh the um uh, I forget what they're called. The red, white and blue. Yeah, some something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. We did one it was like uh what would you, I forget what we called it. It was like peanut butter and chocolate ice cream, but we did it separately. So we, we had two machines going at all times. And then when we, when we put it into the container, we would do one scoop of one, one scoop of the other. And you had this like layered mm. kind of black and white ice cream. Um, yeah. Any ideas? Let me know. I'll have to see. I think the chocolate brownie or the mint brownie would be a good one. Would be killer. Yeah. I think that'd be really good. That's, that's an easy one to do. We can tackle that one easily. Is there anything we haven't mentioned you can think of? I think we've covered, covered a lot. Covered a lot, yeah. So if people want to find out more about 49 Below, where should they go? Best is probably uh, our Instagram, which is uh, at 49 Below. Same for Facebook. Uh, our website's 49below.ca. Uh, yeah. Okay. Find us there. Everyone needs to try the ice cream. If you haven't done it, Go to one of the stores, sign up for the subscription, buy off the website. I appreciate that. Just whatever you do. And if you do, like the other day, I, I had some uh, gelato or something and I left it out for a day and it, yeah, it turned to crap and it shrunk and it was awful. So if you do leave your ice cream out, it's not going to shrink. It'll, it'll shrink a little bit, but not much. Minor shrinkage. Minor shrinkage. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> dude. Um, little Andy Wendo to end things. <laughs> If you're looking for what I'm doing, you can go to vicfoodguys.ca or look up vicfoodguys on uh, Instagram. I would appreciate it if you made it this far, if you give a like, subscription, uh, comment, whatever, on the uh, platform that you're consuming this on. Uh, That would be awesome. And I will see you all next Tuesday. Dan, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye.